Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, my name is Miranda Wright. This is day 43 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today we're going to expose another major tactic of the enemy. This is going to really help you to end some struggles and gain some ground if you can grab hold of what I'm about to show you. As we shine a spotlight on some of the devil's most cunning and subtle weapons of warfare and reveal the power of agreement. The Lord had given me this revelation and message about a year ago. And when I delivered this message, it brought radical change, deliverance, breakthrough, and victory into the people's lives that were present. Many had struggles that they had dealt with for decades that were broken by the power of the revelation that came forth in this message. And while I would love to give you a quick recap of it, I'm afraid that there's no way that I can bring you into the depths of the subtleties of this tactic of the enemy except but to play you the entirety of that lesson. Because I have to break it down to you level by level so that you can see what is actually taking place both from God's side and from the enemies and how the devil tricks us into giving up our authority so that he can subdue us because that he has first confused us. But today we're going to break this down and you're going to see once and for all how to use the power that is in your tongue to see the kingdoms of the enemy fall. Then at the end of this revelatory study, we're going to have to pray some prayers because we have to break agreement with the lies and tactics of the enemy that has been robbing us of our authority. And we are going to make a proclamation of agreement with the word and will of the Lord God Almighty that we might stand in all overcoming power and victory. And my friend, I assure you that if you let this truth that I'm about to reveal to you take hold of you, it will change everything. So with that, I lay before you an understanding of the power of agreement. All right, well, I have a word tonight, and I think it's going to help some people. I'm going to take you through some stuff, and in the beginning, some of it's a a little bit deep, so just bear with me. We're going to go through it, but the overall message is pretty simple and straightforward and it's something that I think even the youngest child here can grasp and hold and take with them that will help to pers- to shift your view and your perspective and when you shift your view you shift the atmosphere around you because what your faith projects is what the environment around you will reflect and then the people around you will begin to reflect that also. And we always see that, you know, that negative person that always speaks negative or always speaks doubt or always speaks unbelief, it kind of crushes your faith. But yet when you truly have that faith and that fire is in you and that fire goes forth and you speak it forth, it begins to ignite fires in people around you. God changes the atmosphere, but we change the atmosphere too because we were created in the likeness of God. And so he is a creator, but he has created us also to have some aspects of that so what we speak forth because God spoke things into existence and they became and what we speak forth has power also we remember the passage then the Bible that says that life and death is in the power of the tongue a lot of times we misquote that we'll say that the power of life and death is in the tongue 
but it, it actually says life and death is in the power of the tongue because what you speak has the ability to either curse things to death or bring things to life. You can speak a lot of negativity that'll kill the faith of other people or you can speak a lot of faith that will kill the negativity of other people. So you have to determine, are you gonna be altered by the atmosphere around you or are you gonna be the one that will alter the atmosphere around you? If the God in you is stronger than the world around you, you should be changing the atmosphere. The atmosphere shouldn't be changing you. That's why you have to be careful what you speak, even jokingly, that word is still going forth. So we're gonna talk tonight about agreement. And I ask you, why were we created? I want you to think this through. And I said, we're going to start off, we're going to go a little deep because i got to set a foundation. But when it comes back up, you're going to see it's a very simple principle. So why were we created? We were created in the beginning to walk with God. For God wanted that fellowship. It says that when he created Adam and Eve, they walked with him every day in the cool of the garden. He wanted that fellowship. So at creation, first it was for fellowship. He, he created sons and daughters. He wanted that fellowship. But then he also gave them dominion over the earth. So you have your children. You want them to come and talk with you and visit with you. But he also put them there to start training how to walk in sonship, in kingship. He gave them dominion over the small things. We kind of talked about this in the manna of the earth. So that they would learn how to rule over the greater things of the kingdom of God. He gave us all dominion to teach us. Because he is a good father. But... First and foremost, he created us to walk with him for that fellowship. And in Amos 3, 3, we were created to walk with God, but Amos 3, 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Right? And of course the implication is no, they cannot. They cannot walk in unison. They cannot fellowship together unless they are in agreement, unless they agree. All right, so we look at from creation. Adam and Eve walked with God. They were created. They agreed with God. God spoke to them things. When you walk with somebody, what do you do? You talk. That old song, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. When you're walking with someone in fellowship, you're talking with them. So as God's telling them things, they are agreeing with what's being spoken. Then the devil comes in the garden in the form of the snake. And he tells them something that contradicts what God has told them. And now they have a choice. I am in agreement with God, but now I'm hearing something else. And when they chose to agree with what the devil said, they came out of agreement with what God had said. Because when you choose to agree with the devil, in essence, you're calling God a liar. So they walked with God. They agreed with God. The devil comes. They agree with the devil and come out of agreement with God. Therefore, they could no longer walk with God from that moment on. Remember, it says he came to the garden and he called for them and they hid themselves. They could not walk with God. Why? Because Amos says that if you are not in agreement, you cannot walk with. You can't be in fellowship with God if you don't agree with God. So they lost the agreement. So they lost the relationship so they lost the intimacy, they lost the connection, they lost God. Then Christ comes. Fast forward to Christ. Christ comes and proves God's words to be true 
and we are given another chance to break agreement with what the enemy says and choose to agree with what God says. So everything that God has said from creation until Christ, God proves every word that he says to be absolutely true, pure, and faithful. Not one word has fallen void. He is speaking truth. And so now we say, okay, now we see it manifested before us in the Christ and all that he's done. Now we have another chance. God says, okay, here's your chance. I've shown it to you in the flesh. Choose to agree with me. Choose to believe me. And by faith you will be saved. That's what faith is. It's believing. It's agreeing. Agree with me. And those that choose to agree with God, they get back into right standing. Because when you agree with God, you tell the devil, I no longer agree with your lies. I'm now standing back on the truth. I am in agreement with the truth. So we agree with the truth of God that he proved to us through Christ. Proof that God loves us. Proof that God has been fighting for us all along. Proof that he will do anything to make a way if we will just choose to stop listening to the lies of the enemy and come into agreement with what he's saying because his way works and the enemy's does not. Proof that sin does lead to death. The original agreement from the garden. If you sin, death will be the consequences. Christ took those consequences. It all comes back to agreement. So I will ask you as we start this lesson, do we agree that we have to agree with God to walk with God? Okay. We have to agree first that we have to agree with God to walk with God. And then we have to come to the realization that the Bible says that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I'm taking you through a process. I'm building a foundation. I'm going to get you somewhere. The word says that God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. In other words, you can't figure him out. You're just not smart enough. You're not capable. The human frame is not designed to comprehend the capacity of God. So if his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours, then that means that in order for us to agree with him, it's going to take both humility. We've got to first come to terms with the fact that we can't figure it out. And we may not understand it, but we still have to choose by faith to agree with it. So it's going to take humility, and it's going to take faith. We have to believe that our limited viewpoint and what we think is right, or what we feel is right, or what we want to believe is right, is probably not right. So we have to stand by faith on what God says is right. That's why we're saved by faith, because we can't come into agreement with him unless we first humble ourselves to recognize that we don't know and then have the faith to trust that he does know and come into agreement with him. Pull up Micah uh, 6, 8. He hath showed thee, in other words, God has already shown you, O man, what is good. So what does God say is good? And what doth the Lord require of thee? So not only does God say this is good, this is what he requires. Not what he suggests, not what he recommends. This is what he requires of us but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. So God wants us to walk with him, fellowship, but he got, we have to walk humbly because it's going to take humility to come into agreement with him because we can't agree with every lie the enemy speaking into our ear and everything our flesh is telling us and with God at the same time. A house divided will not stand. So we have to agree to lay, to lay down everything we think and just agree with what he says. And by faith, which that's what faith is, 
we will be saved. Because remember, it says that to walk with God, it says you can't walk together unless you be agreed. So agreement, in essence, is covenant. What you agree with, you come into covenant with. And this is why I'm kind of giving you these from the beginning basic steps to lead up so that you can understand why agreement is covenant and why it's so important. Because we do things in our daily life that gives the enemy access and allows him to tear things down in our hearts and in our homes and in our ministries because we're coming into agreement with things we never should have come into agreement with. We're literally coming into covenant with the enemy and giving him power and giving up our authority because we don't understand what's taking place in the spirit. All right, so what you come into agreement with, you make covenant with. And I want you to think about it. What is salvation but agreement with God? What did he say? He said, do you, have, do you believe that Jesus Christ came, that he is the son of the living God, that he shed his blood? If you will believe these things in your heart and confess it with your mouth, in other words, if you will agree with me, I'm telling you the truth, and if you will just agree with it, you will be saved. That's your covenant. Now, why is agreement the same as covenant? Because it's all a contract. Basically, God has a contract, and the devil has a contract. Which contract you come into agreement with, you make covenant with. And it is legally binding in the spirit. That's why the Bible talks about God's law. It's a law. It's legally binding. Even in the New Testament, it talks about the law of Christ. There is law because it's legally binding. It is a spiritual contract. Once you are legally bound to a contract, the contract holder becomes your master until you fulfill the terms of the contract. That's why the Bible says that if you are a servant of sin, then the devil is your master. If you are a servant of righteousness, then Jesus is your master. What you serve is your master. If you choose to agree with the devil, you make him your master. If you choose to agree with God, you make him your master because you are signing that contract in the spirit. This is why Jesus said, think not that I come to destroy the law. Remember the old contract. It was a contract because from the beginning, God made an agreement with man. He said, if you sin, you will die. This is agreement. It is a contract. Now Jesus comes and he says, I'm not here to tear up the contract. I'm here to fulfill the terms of the contract. You sinned, I die. He's here to fulfill the contract and then make a new contract. So let me say it like this. Another word for a contract is a testament. All right, it's starting to make sense now. We are now under a new testament, a new contract, a new agreement. We have, God has made a new agreement with humanity. It's all about agreement. I'm bringing you somewhere. Stick with me. We're going to get there. Now, Jesus fulfilled the terms of the first contract, but then he made a new contract. So it comes back to agreement. We have to come into agreement with the terms of the new contract. We can't make up our own terms and think that we are part of that contract. We have to agree with his terms to the contract. The New Testament is the new contract. So when you look at the New Testament, which is the new part of the Bible, that is literally the new contract. 
you have to come into agreement with what is said in that in order to be walking with God. Because the whole purpose of the new contract, the new agreement, is to bring you back into agreement with God so that we can then walk with God. He wants to bring it back to what the, the fellowship that he had in the garden. He wants to bring you back into communion with God, which is why communion is part of the new agreement, the new contract. All right, now let's talk about authority really quick. Because got, we got to touch on authority because what you come into agreement with, you have no authority over. So if you were in agreement with the enemy, you now have no authority over the enemy because you've made him your master. The root word in authority is author. The author of the contract has the authority. If you are walking with the author, then you are walking with authority because you are walking with the authority. So read the word, come into agreement with it. And when the devil speaks, do not agree with it. If you agree with the devil, you choose to say that you no longer agree with God. And by agreeing with the devil, you give him place and choose to make him your master, which robs you of your authority over him. If you agree with it, you have no authority against it. Pull up John 8, 34. All right, John 8, 34 says, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. All right, so a servant doesn't abide in the house, but the son does. So if you come into agreement and covenant with the son, then you have freedom indeed because you have access to the house forever. As long as you walk in that agreement, you are in, you are in covenant. Because what you agree with, you come in covenant with. Now I've got to talk to you a little bit about voice. I'm setting the stage. I'm setting, I'm setting the corners. I'm setting the foundations here. It's a spiritual contract. It's a testament, a contract agreement. It's a spiritual contract. You can't sign a contract with the spiritual because you're physical. So how does God work through this? The only thing that transfers between spirit and the physical is voice. Voice is not physical. And we may not think this way, but it is true. If you get demons, you're going to hear voices because they're spirit. If you get the Holy Spirit of Jesus, you're going to hear his voice and the other voices you will no longer follow. You hear the voice. Voice is spirit. And I can prove it to you. Think about it like this. You can talk to yourself without using your physical mouth. It's not a physical thing. You can not use your mouth at all, but you still have a voice. So we'll test it. So everybody in your head, without making a physical sound right now, I want you to tell yourself, I am a child of God. One, two, three, do it in your head. Did you hear yourself say that to yourself? You had a voice, even though you didn't speak. That voice is spirit. It's not a physical thing. It's something that transitions from spirit 
to physical, it's actually the only thing that immediately transitions is that voice. So when the Holy Spirit wants to manifest through you, you have to be willing to allow him to speak with his voice. That's where we get rhema. Rhema is the spoken word of God. But it will come through a person or even through yourself when you're sitting there and you're praying to God and then all of a sudden you just get that revelation and you speak it back to yourself and you're like, oh wow, that was so the Holy Spirit. That's rhema, but it's God. It's voice. You heard it somewhere in here. You heard it on the inside, but you still heard that voice. That's why the Bible says that any time that there was power from on high, the Spirit came forth, but he always said to speak something, be healed in Jesus' name, and then healing came. He cast out devils in Jesus' name, but he had to speak these things. You preach, you teach, you prophesy, you evangelize. It's all done by voice, but it's the way that the Spirit manifests through the physical. It's the thing that connects Spirit to the physical plane. It's voice. So what carries across from the spiritual realm to the physical realm is voice. Okay, so understanding that, then you can understand when contracts between the spirit and the physical need to be signed, they're not done with a signature, they're done with agreement. They're sealed with agreement to a voice. So God's voice speaks to you and your voice chooses to agree you're signing the contract. The devil's voice speaks to you and you choose to agree with it, you're signing the contract. It's all about voice, which brings it back to agreement. What are you hearing and what are you agreeing with and what are you speaking back? So we're going to talk now about ways that the devil gets you to agree with him. The obvious ways, of course, is rebellion or willful sin. And we all know that. You know, the Bible says don't do this and we do it. It's willful sin. Because we know the voice of God said don't do this, this, and this. The devil got in our ear and said, no, you really want to do this, this, and this. And we said, uh, I agree with the devil. I'm going to do this, this, and this. That's willful sin. We knew it was wrong. We knew God said not to do it. And we chose to do it. So that's agreement with the enemy. That robs you of your authority and it makes the devil your master. So he now gets to start beating you down and making your life fall apart. You're either agreeing with the devil or you're not. There's no gray area. That's right. So that's the obvious, we, we kind of assume, we, we recognize that, that if we choose to do something that we know God has said not to do, then that's agreement with the enemy. Because obviously he told us to do that. All right, the word says to do it a certain way, but we try to do it another way or our own way. This is agreeing with the enemy. Because truthfully, it's not our own way. It's the way the devil spoke in our ear and told us this is a better way or another way. And we said, yeah, I agree with your way. I'm going to try it your way. We all fall under that a few times until we start to learn the tactics. This is why the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, because it is willful service to the devil. It's agreement. It's a covenant with hell. The Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. The Bible says do it this way. We choose to do it a different way. God says the same thing as witchcraft, because you're choosing to make agreement with the sin. You're choosing to listen to the devil. We don't look at it this way, but in the spirit, that's what's really happening. All right? And we kind of see that on the main levels. Obviously, thou shalt not commit a murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, these kinds of things. We understand that. But then there are those things in Scripture that somehow or other the devil has told us, well, these things are not as important. They're optional. And we agree with that. But it's not so. Because if God put it in Scripture, 
then that's how it has to be. You know, and there's a lot of little things, you know, and, and I'm sure we could probably think of a few. One that comes to mind for me is, because I hear this a lot, you know, is about the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, like children have to be disciplined. And we look at that word spoil and we think it's super cute. But what he's really saying is that if you don't correct your children, you will ruin them. And so we think, okay, that's what the Bible says. But the devil gets in your ear and you're like, no, that's optional. You, you don't have to do that. There's another way. And we agree with it. And when we agree with it, we come into covenant with it. That's what happened with Eli. We had went through that story of Eli. God kept telling him, you got to deal with this. And the devil said, no, you don't. And he chose to agree with the devil, and it brought destruction. Not, I mean, that's just one thing that comes to mind that is something we think it's not a big deal. But in the long term, it has a lot of bad implications because anything that's not done the way that God says to do it is going to end badly. So even in the little unlikely things that we may not think amount to much, if Scripture says do it this way, we have to agree with Scripture. And if any other way is agreeing with the devil and it's going to take away your spiritual authority and ability to rule and reign in that area. So I want to focus now, you know, we can look at plain, straightforward ways in Scriptures that we can just disagree with God in so many ways. But I want to focus more on the sneaky, less obvious ways that the devil gets us to come into agreement with him. Because these are the things that we're more likely to fall to than straightforward. The Bible says do this and we did this. There's some sneaky, sneaky ways that he gets into our hearts and our minds that gets us to come into agreement with him that takes us out of agreement with God and we don't even realize it and we're wondering why we're dry, why things are falling apart, why we've lost our spiritual authority, why it seems like we're drifting further and further away, what's going on here, I can't even reach anymore, I, don't, I just feel so lost, I don't know. We've come out of agreement and we're getting further and further and further away and we never realized what the access point was. If you were in willful sin, if God said do it this way and you've refused and you've come into agreement with the enemy knowing you were supposed to do it that way, that is point blank, lose your salvation. I'm sorry, that's what the scripture says. You're not saved anymore. It's time to repent, come back, cry out to God, get it back on track. Now, there are other areas where the devil is deceiving us or tricking us or manipulating us and we haven't seen it yet. And God's mercy and grace is trying to expose it to us so that we can come back into alignment. And I don't say you've lost your salvation in that point because he's trying to bring you to understand it. But once he brings you to see it, at that point you gotta make a decision. Because if you don't choose to come into agreement with what he's now showing you, then you are out of the camp. What I'm about to show you is sneakier than that. And I guarantee you there's not a person in this room that's not gonna be guilty of some or not all. It's, it's not gonna be a lashing, I promise you. It's gonna be more insightful because when we realize how the devil is tricking us into coming into agreement with him, we're going to realize how he's robbing us of our spiritual authority and power. Sometimes It's like there are seasons of your life where you have so much authority and the power of God is there and the raiment is coming out and yokes are being broken and then the devil is running and then there's times where he's kind of laughing at you and you're like, I don't know what happened here. What's the difference? There are things that he's done to get you in agreement with him that you didn't realize he did. So in the aspect of giving the devil an inch, taking a mile, you're about to expose the centimeters. Right. 
And in doing so, and I'm going to say that, you know, this is, the, this is the mercy of God to show us these things. But once he shows us, we have to choose to deal with it or else it becomes willful sin. So no broken contracts. And Daddy actually kind of touched on this, but the first sneaky way that I'm going to kind of bring to you is through ignorance of the word, the Bible, or spiritual laziness. Because in America, if you're ignorant of the word, it's because of spiritual laziness. Because in a lot of countries, you can be killed for having a Bible. But in America, you have access. So if you don't know the word, it's your own fault. Now, the devil will twist scripture. And if you don't know what the word really says for yourself, you will come into agreement with the enemy and think that you are in agreement with God. And that will rob you of your spiritual authority. This is how false doctrine works. This is why there are churches with no power, no authority, no victory. The devil is beating them down and they just come service after service after service and take a beating because there's no breakthrough because they've come into agreement with wrong doctrine. The Bible talks about doctrines of demons. That means a demon literally got in somebody's ear and said, this is what the Bible says. And that person said, I agree with that when it's not what the Bible said. They're spreading false doctrine and it's taking you out of agreement with God. Therefore, now you're serving under the devil and don't even realize it. And so you have no authority over. You have no authority over what you've come into agreement with. So we have to come out of agreement. And to do that, you need to know the word. I can give you, you know, the quick example. The obvious example is where they'll tell you that it's okay to sin. Grace covers you when the Bible never, 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 never says that. God forbid. So this doctrine of demons is the Bible said, Jesus said, first repent or else you will likewise perish. Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Do these things that I'm telling you to do. Be washed in the blood and cry out and I will accept you and you will be mine and I'll give you power and authority and victory and you have all power over the enemy and the devil's under your feet and you will overcome and you will be seated with me in high places and then somebody comes and the devil gets in their ear and it says, no, it's okay. You don't really have victory over the devil, you have to succumb to this sin because that's just how you were created. And you say that I'm going to agree with this because it's easier. And so now you've lost your authority and your power and you have no ability to tell the devil, I'm not going to listen to you because you've already come into agreement with what he said. You've given him access. You've given him place. You've given him power. You've given him your authority. You've actually done what Adam and Eve did in the beginning when they gave up their authority. When God said, if you do this, You'll have my protection because you'll be walking with me. And then the devil said, no, do this. And they said, I agree with the devil. They walked out of God's authority, out of God's power, out of God's protection, and under the dictatorship of the devil. Doctrines of demons will do the same thing. So it's important to know what the Bible really, really says. Now, God, I believe, has great grace and mercy in this area when the person is deceived. But once God shows you the truth in his word and you still choose to believe the lie, it then becomes rebellion, which the Bible says is witchcraft. So there's a lot of ministers and people in churches today and even churches that are operating under a spirit of witchcraft because God has shown them in the word that their doctrine is wrong, but yet they still stand on it and cling to it because it makes things easier, it brings in money, or they have a vested interest in clinging to this thing that they've just been connected to all of their life. And so once God has shown them and they've rejected the truth and chosen to be in agreement with the lie, they're actually moving in witchcraft. 
and they don't realize it. So that's why you can sit there forever and try to make them see it, and brick wall. God does it safe to try to even try to convince them. He says, shake the give them the truth, give them the true doctrine. If they reject it, shake your dust off your feet and go talk to the next person. Move along. Keep praying for them. Keep loving them. God can maybe bring them to a place of brokenness and humbleness where they're willing to humble themselves and come into agreement with God, where they need God enough to cry out and trust him. But in the meantime, don't burn, don't, don't throw your pearls before swines. Give the word. If they receive it, praise God. If they reject it, shake the dust off and move on. And, I mean, we can use the example because we've all, all heard it. Now, this is how the devil deceives people. And I think that for the most part when people say this, it's because they have no understanding of Scripture. And so it's not so much a willful rebellion or witchcraft. It's just because they really don't know and they're repeating what they heard. But we've all heard when a person wants to justify their sin and it's pointed out, they'll give you this, don't judge. The Bible says don't judge. You can't judge. They don't know. The devil's in their ears twisting that scripture, and they're saying, I agree with the devil because that makes me comfortable. But that's not what the word says. The word says judge with righteous judgment, not with your own judgment. In other words, not what you think is right, but what God says is right. And then he says, don't you know that we are going to be judges over angels? How much more can we judge in these simple things? Because he's training you here with the little to be ruler over much. So they just don't know scripture, but because they don't know the truth, they've come into agreement with the lie. And in doing so, they've made the devil their master. All right, so the next tactic that the enemy will use to get you to come into agreement with him is to play on your selfishness. There's a little root of selfishness in every person, and the Bible says you gotta crucify yourself, crucify that flesh, because the devil will say that you deserve this and you will agree with it when the Holy Spirit's saying no, no. All right? This is where self-denial comes into play, and this is not something that the church likes to talk about nowadays, but the scriptures are adamant about self-denial. This is things like fasting, budgeting, uh, submitting to authorities, and serving others. These are things that deal with your selfishness, that make you come into submission, because the devil's going to use your selfishness to tell you you deserve this and so that you'll agree with something that he wants you to do when the Holy Spirit's saying no, no, no. Or to get you to work against somebody when the Holy Spirit's, no, esteem others. So we've talked before about the, the part of us that is self. You know, there's three parts to the human. There's our spirit that communes with God. There's our, our physical body. And then there's our soul. Our soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. The will says, I want. The emotions say, I feel. And the mind says, I think. I think, I want, and I feel. The mind, the will, and the emotion. So when your mind says, I think it should be this way, you got to tell it, no. The word says this. When your emotions say, I feel like this, you got to, no. God says, crucify the self. When your Logic says, you know, things need to work out this way. No, 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 we need to seek God for what he wants. It's what he wants, not what we feel, not what we think. All right, so this is where resisting comes in. The Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I want this. Nope, you got to resist that. God said, no, do this. I feel like this. Nope, nope, resist it. God said, do this. I think it should be this way. Nope, nope. God said, crucify self-denial. This is very lacking in America. Learn to tell yourself no. And the reason it's lacking is because there's not a lot of parents teaching their kids by telling them no. So they've never learned to deal with the no. 
know how to deal with the no. All right, the devil identifies and exploits your wounds and plays on your victim mentality. He's doing this nationally right now, and we're having a lot of trouble with it, but he does it individually with us, and this is how he gets us to come into agreement. The devil will speak to your self-pity. He will get you to agree with him, and he'll even have you praying devilish words against God's people because he's played on your self-pity and he's gotten you to agree with him and he's played on your woundedness and you deserve this and they did you this and all your life you've been having to deal with this and so now you're thinking against them in manners that God doesn't think against them that way and you don't think against them that way but the devil's speaking against them that way and you're agreeing with him and you're moving further and further and further off course. He plays on your victim mentality to make you think, oh, woe is me. This always happens to me. Well, it always happens because you keep letting the tactic work. So you're actually drawing those spirits in to work against you, and you're actually causing them to attack the people around you so that that can work against you. So you're doing a double damage to yourself and to the people around you because you're letting it work. Stop letting it work Stop agreeing with it, and it'll stop gravitating towards you. This is why we see some of the same uh, wounds coming against us all of our lives, these cycles of abuse, these cycles of problems. It's because we've always let it work, so the devil keeps using it. And we're literally drawing that spirit to us and causing it to attach to the people around us so that it can access us because we've come into agreement with it. So in that case... It's not even the people around you that are attacking you. It's actually your fault. You're gravitating these things towards you because you've come into agreement with it. And this is something that we've all done, and we've got to learn to recognize the tactic so that we don't let it continue. All right, so one of the main things we're going to cover tonight in how the devil gets us to come into agreement with him and forfeit our authority is through areas of woundedness. And I'm going to hit really quick just a couple of different subcategories in this area. All right, this is a huge area of opportunity for the devil to get you to agree with him. He will play on your victim mentality to get you agreeing with him. He will use old wounds to make you agree to new lies. Do not agree with him. The first area we're going to talk about is offense. There was a time very recently where God kept giving us lesson after lesson after lesson about offense. This is why he's trying to close an area of access for the enemy because he's using that area of offense as an area of woundedness to get you to come into agreement with him. God kept giving us these messages of offense, and some people might have even took it as us saying that we shouldn't speak that offensively or cause offense in other, others, which is true. You don't want to intentionally cause offense, but let's face it, the Bible says the cross is an offense, and no person ever came to salvation without first becoming offended with who they are. So they've got to see that there will be some offense there. The word the Holy Spirit was delivering was not for us to not give cause offense, though you shouldn't intentionally do that. Sometimes it will happen. The word was not to hold offense. It's not about the offense that's going to others. It's about the offense that's rising up in us. Don't let the offense take root in you. He's telling us to deal with the spirit of offense in ourselves. Do not come into agreement with it. When the devil tells you that you have a right to be offended, you need to tell him, I do not agree with you. 
So I'll, I'll just help you out and make it easy. When do you have a right to be offended? Never. never. You never have a right to be offended. It doesn't matter what anybody does to you. Jesus said, if you will not forgive, I will not forgive you. If you have offense, you cannot go to heaven. We are required. The Bible says, do not go to bed with anger in your heart or you are giving the devil place. In other words, when you agree with the devil to hold on to that access, you are coming into agreement with him and you are saying, I am allowing you into me. I am giving up my right. I am giving up my authority. I am giving up everything to agree with you because I hate this person because that's what offense is, even though you may not think you do. And the Bible says that if you hold any hatred, you have committed murder. So now in God's eyes, you are a murderer. You are in offense. You are in unforgiveness. You have hatred. You are so far away from the connection. It's time to repent and get it right and come back. Amen. These things, these are access points, and I'm telling you how he's going to do it. I know he's, he's, he's sneaky. He's gotten in before with me, and, and God had to show me these access points. Things will, will rise up in an instance. You know, the Bible says, be angry but sin not. Do not allow the sun to go down on your wrath or you give place to the enemy. So there are things that are going to rise up, but you can't let it linger. You can't let it set. You need to deal with it right then and there. You need to tell that spirit of offense, I don't agree with you. I need to humble before the Lord and deal with this thing, whatever it is. I need to pray for that person. I need to, to, to cry out for them. I need to cry out for myself because obviously I have a weakness here. Deal with it right away. Because if you let it sink in, you're literally opening up your soul to the devil. Don't let that hatred or that offense take root in you. If the devil can get you offended, he will then get you speaking against the source of your offense. Whoever offended you or whatever it was, whether it was justified or not, whether they, they really did you wrong or you just perceived, it doesn't really matter. If he can get you turned against that person and now you're speaking against that person. Um, and I, a lot of times people don't realize, but they'll literally be speaking curses on people and don't even realize it because the, the, the negativity that you're speaking forth. Remember, the Bible says that life and death resideth in the power of the tongue. And if we can speak blessings on people, we can speak cursings on people. And a lot of times people don't even realize, even church folk, that they're spitting venom at people spiritually. And the devil has now got them to agree with him because the devil has no mouth. He has a voice, but he has no mouth. So if he can say something in your ear and you agree with him and then you speak that out, then his venom has come out of you. Just like if we choose to agree with God and the Holy Spirit, we can let the Holy Spirit's words come out of our mouth and it will speak life. The choice is ours. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. And I will tell you because offense is one of those things that once it gets in, it's, all, it's hard to know how to deal with. You don't want it there. But the feeling still comes and you keep praying, Lord, forgive me, you know, take this away. But sometimes when you're faced with that person or that situation, you still feel that emotion coming up. And so this is the very simple thing to do. And I've done it and it works as soon as the devil gets in your ear and starts because you'll start thinking about all the reasons that you have to have offense with them and why they're such terrible people. And then uh, that feeling starts coming up and immediately you need to tell not the person the spirit in coming up in you, I don't agree with you. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they did. 
They need Jesus. Lord, help them. Lord, move in their life. Lord, change them. And I'm telling you, I, I did this one time with a person. And I, like, as soon as, you know, that stuff started coming in my ear and I just told you, look, I don't agree with you. And it just went, like the fire was like, like throwing water on the fire. I don't agree with you. It's not them. It's a spirit. It's not their problem. It's my problem. They don't feel anything. I'm the one feeling this. I need to deal with this. I need to get this off of me. This is the devil trying to tear me down and it needs to go. So spirit, I don't agree with you. Start praying for them. And it'll go. I'm telling you, it'll go. The devil's trying to get you to agree with him about why you deserve to hold the offense. God says, no, nobody deserves to hold the offense. Let it go. It doesn't matter. Nobody went through more than Christ, and he did not hold the offense. Before he died, because the Bible says, because remember, he cracked whips, and he had to do things that were righteous indignation. But before he died, he prayed for them and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He did not let the sun go down on his wrath. He let it go. Let it go. And it's not sin. All right. Now, this is something that the world right now is dealing with on a large scale because the world says that when you get offended, it's other people's fault and they need to change. But God says when you get offended, it's your own fault. It's your own problem. And you're the one that needs to change. They need to be prayed for, yes. But the problem is not in them. It's in us. The feeling is not in them. It's in us. We need to deal with what's in us. We cannot change another person. We can change us. And when we stand before Christ on the day of judgment, we're not going to give account for what they did. We're going to give account for us. So we need to deal with us. I just, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, when my wife sometimes gets on my nerves, <laughs> and, and I'm like, Lord, you got to change her. There's just something wrong with her. Correct. But it's really in me. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I, with a good intention, I want to pray for her, but I'm not praying for the right way. That's pride. Right. And, and so just to be cautious, don't pray for somebody. Like, when Miranda said to pray for them, I'm going to pray for that person. So, because they, so, you know, that's not, yeah. that's pride. That's Actually, you know right. And that's what I'm talking about. When the devil will get you, the devil will use that hurt and that lie of the enemy to get, and this is, this is what happens. This is what he's doing. God has said to do one thing. The devil gets in our ear and makes us feel like we have a right to feel all these things about this person and so that we agree with what he's telling us about this person, not what God is telling us about that person, not what really is that person, but what the devil is telling us about that person. So what do we do? We turn around and start fussing at God and telling God what the devil said about this person. So now it's the devil's words going to God. It's not ours. What good are we doing? We're literally being, remember in Job when the devil stood before God and accused his brethren, it accused men. We are doing that. We are being an intercessor in between man and God, not for praying for their good, not for praying for their salvation, but to accuse them. We have become the vessel of the accuser. The devil has been kicked out of heaven, so he's using us to get back in. All right, the next point is envy. I'm going to hit a few more points, but I'm going to hit them really quick. Envy, if, if the devil can plant envy, he will cause you to speak lies of self entitlement. He will get lies in your ears of self entitlement. I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to that. I deserve that position. I should be this. I've had more tenure. I've had more experience. God has used me more. You don't know what those people have been through. You don't know God. Trust God. His plans are perfect. He knows what he's doing. Pray and he will get things in alignment with his will. But he, the devil will use envy, speaking lies in your ears to get you to come into agree with, with, agreement with him 
for self-entitlement, position, and promotion, or anything of that nature. So any feeling of envy does not come from the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's a passage that said these things do not come from above, but they are selfish, they are devilish. So if that feeling comes, you automatically know that is not God. So you need to tell it, I do not agree with you. God is sovereign He over this situation, and I'm going to pray that his will be done. I'm going to pray he positions. I'm going to pray blessings on them. And if he so chooses, because I have humbled myself, then he will raise me up. If you try to position yourself, you're putting yourself in a dangerous place for God to knock you back down. So don't do that. Don't envy. Trust God. And when that word of that enemy starts to speak in your ear, kill it, kill it, kill it. Tell him, I don't agree with you. That's right. The next area, of course, is pride. That voice, the devil, will flatter you and tell you that you have a right and you have it right. And everyone else is wrong and you will agree with him through pride. Don't agree with him. Pray for the other person. Frustration. This is one that usually will get us. Frustration. The devil will work your frustration about what is wrong to cause you to be wrong also. He will tell you how hopeless others are, how you need to either take matters into your own hands and start manipulating or give up and run away. And you will agree with him. Let me tell you something. A life of faith is a life without manipulation. When you start manipulating in a situation, you have stopped moving in faith and started moving in witchcraft. Anything that deals with control or manipulation actually is a form of witchcraft. Why? Because the devil has given us an, an, a word and an idea, and we've said, I agree with that. I'm going to do what you're saying to do. When God has not said to do that, God says have faith. God says pray. God says fast. God says trust him for his promises. Get on your knees and war in the spirit. Do things in the spirit where you have all authority. Stop trying to make it happen yourself in the physical. Now I'm going to talk to you really quick about how to fight back. You fight this with the word and with your voice. You're fighting a voice. How do you fight a voice? With another voice. That's why Jesus said, speak to the mountain and it will obey. So when that wrong voice comes, you replace it with the right voice. Usually you're going to do that by scripture because when the devil speaks a lie, if you can return a scripture, that cancels that lie, he's done. But if you don't know scripture well enough yet to do that, then I say simply tell him, I do not agree with you. I do not agree with you. Don't let it linger in your mind because he'll eventually draw you to agree with it. Kill it right now, devil. I don't agree with you. Take those thoughts captive. Take those thoughts Remember that the devil speaks to your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. He will manipulate in those areas. He will manipulate with what you want, what you think, and what you feel. He wants them to agree with, with him, and they want to agree with him. What you want will usually want to agree with the devil. What you think and what you feel will want to agree with the devil. But God's word does not agree with him. So you have to choose to agree with God and not with him. I'll give you an example. You, you've gotten a little bit in your, in your emotions, and you've gotten into a little argument, and the Holy Spirit's like, just shut it down now and go pray. But the devil gets in your ear and says, you deserve the last word. You, you need to get the last word. You're 
soul or your flesh will agree with that. Yeah, I need to get the last word. But the word of God says that it's better to take fault because blessed is the peacemaker. So now we've got a decision. Are we going to agree with the word of God or are we going to agree with the devil? Or the devil might get in your ear and tell you, you deserve that, uh, that position or that notoriety or that attention. And your flesh or your soul will say, yeah, I agree with that. That's what it wants. But the word of God says to take the lowest seat, esteem others better than self. All right, so now we have a decision. What am I really going to choose to agree with? I have to crucify that flesh and choose to agree with the word of God. The devil's going to tell you this sin is okay. And your flesh is going to want to agree with that. But the Bible says repent and turn away. Come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing. So we have a decision to make. What are we going to come into agreement with? Because what you agree with, you give power. And the power over you will be determined by the decision you make in the area of agreement. So there's a choice to make. Do you agree with the devil or do you agree with the word of God? And when the devil speaks, you silence him with the word. Like we said earlier, or if you don't know the word enough to do it, just tell him I don't agree with you. Because you, know you know that it's wrong. You know that wrong spirit is rising up on you. Um, Jesus had to deal with this. We know that Jesus went through a temptation. When he went into the wilderness, he faced three temptations. The first temptation was that he was fasting, of course, and the devil wanted him to eat the bread. And then he told him to do miracles and prove that he was something special. He took him up and he said, you know, the word says that the Messiah, he, you know, he won't be able to dash his foot against a stone. So if you're really the Messiah, then jump off this cliff and prove yourself. All right. And then the next thing he took him and he said, look, if you will just worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. So these are three temptations that Christ had to face. The temptations, the word says that Christ was tempted in every area that we were, but yet he did not sin. Now let me tell you, these three different temptations, they were a temptation of the mind, a temptation of the will, and a temptation of the emotions. So those are the areas that you are going to be tempted in. And he overcame all three. So watch what I'm showing you here. The lust of the eye, the will, your will says, I want. That was the bread. He was hungry, looked at that bread, and he said, I want. But he had to pull back and say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And we got to be willing when the body says, I want, to say, you know what? God's will be done. And even if I die here, I'm going to trust him and I'm going to say no to my will, not my will, but thy will be done. The next temptation was when he told him, like, because, you know, most people didn't believe that he was the Messiah, so he was playing on his emotions. Well, I don't believe you either. If you're really the Messiah, if you're really somebody special, why don't you do a miracle and prove yourself? Prove yourself to me. He was playing on the emotions. That's the lust of the flesh. I feel Jesus didn't have to prove himself. And every time Jesus came back with the word, when he told him to eat the bread, he said the scripture, man shall not live by bread alone. And that killed that lie right there. Leave it there. And every time he came back with scripture, the third temptation was he took him on the pinnacle and told him, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world because it is in my power to do so. Remember that at creation, man was given dominion, but at the fall, he handed that dominion over to the devil when he came into agreement and made him his master. When you come into agreement, you make master. So the devil had dominion and Christ was coming to get it back. Now, here's the thing. 
That's the pride of life. It was a temptation of the mind. And what we have to realize is that Christ already had a promise because what God's plan for his life was, was to give him authority and dominion and all the kingdoms of the world anyway. But what the devil was actually promising, he was like, I'm going to give you your goal and allow you to achieve it, but just another way, an easier way. So God might give you a promise. He might give you a vision. He might tell you, I'm going to do this with your life. But then the devil's going to come and say, but wait, listen, you can do it. I'll help you an easier way. Just agree with me. Anything outside of God's way is the devil's way. It's a perversion, and it will take away your authority. And in the end, he will trick you and take it back from you anyway. Christ had to stand in faith in God's plan. God's plan was going to be hard. God's plan was going to be painful. But God's plan was going to be perfect and unbreakable. The devil's plan was promising the same goal, but much easier. And that's where most ministries fall. Oh, oh God's promised you that, that ministry. God's promised you that territory. I'll give it to you. I'll give you the kingdom. But we're going to do it an easier way. Trust this program. Trust this idea. Trust this promotion. Trust this allegiance. Let's do it this way. God didn't say to do it that way. God said to go through Gethsemane, make it through your Passover, and then he will bring the Pentecost. Amen. Go through the process. Amen. And I will tell you this too. Pull up 1 John 2.15. 1 John 2.15. I will tell you this, we will all be tested in every area. But I will tell you that I find that men's area of weakness is going to be in the area of the will. That's the lust of the eye, the thing that says I want. Men are typically going to be weaker in that area, I want, I want, I want. Whether it's in career, in food, in in relationship, whatever. That's going to usually be their weakest area. So you need to be careful of that. Women's weakest area is going to be in the emotions, in the lust of the flesh, in the I feel. When the devil gets in your ear and tells you, you feel this way because, and you're like, oh yeah, I agree with you because 15 years ago this happened. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I agree with you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's going to be the area usually of the, and you're going to be tempted in all areas, but that's going to be your more weak, because we're two parts of the same flesh, right? The men are going to be weaker in the will. The women usually are stronger willed because they have to deal with children. But the women are usually weaker in the area of the emotion. They're going to be more easily manipulated by the enemy there. And I will say that in the area of pride or the mind and what I think, that's going to be usually weaker in the immature or the children. That's why the devil focuses on education because he can manipulate what a child thinks through pride. They will believe what has been planted in their mind by the enemy. Well, as you get older, you get a little bit wiser to his ploys. So in these three areas, you can watch the children. The devil's going to target them in the mind. The men, the devil's going to target them in the will, and the women, the devil's going to target them in the emotion. He'll target you all in all three, but that's going to be his focal point. 
So real quick, looking at these three areas of temptation, 1 John 2.15 says, Oh, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the... Now, this is all that is in the world. These are these three areas of temptation. That's what I'm telling you. These are the areas that you will be... He, he was tested in all areas. This is it. The lust of the flesh... The lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Remember Jesus. All the things he was promised were temporary. Those temptations are temporary. And the love of God is not in those who fall to these things. And he's saying, but if you will do the will of God, Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he lives forever. If we choose God's will, we will live forever with him. Tell the devil, I do not agree with you when he speaks these things. Now, if God is trying to correct you, don't say that. Because sometimes God will correct us and our flesh doesn't like it and we're going to want to rebuke that. Let's take it to the Lord in prayer. See that it is. Um, and don't say that to people. I'm not telling you that when a person rises up against you, don't be like, I don't agree with you. Miranda told me to say that and that it's going to make me feel better because I just don't agree with you. You go home and start fighting with your spouse, but I don't agree with you. No. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. You need to tell that thing rising up in you, I don't agree with you, right? And don't use it as a license to be contentious. That every time somebody starts saying things and you're, I don't agree with you, I don't agree with you, I got to fight and argue and prove my point because I don't agree with you and I don't want to come into agreement with that. Just don't come into agreement with it in yourself. No, and I mean, because this is something that the devil can then use to get in our ear and make us contentious. The Bible says, if possible, live peaceably with all men. We don't want to go and bust into every church and start preaching about, I don't agree with you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you don't come into agreement with it. Speak the truth in love. If they don't accept it, shake the dust off and move on. Don't fight. Fight it in prayer and in the spirit. Don't argue. Don't become contentious because then you're agreeing with the devil again and you're losing your authority. God says, walk with God humbly. That's right. That's right. That's right. And also, if you're not sure if what you're hearing is from God or from the devil, ask God to confirm it. God will, he will have patience and he will send you confirmations. He will tell you if it's him or if it's not and wait it out. The Bible says to wait on the Lord. Sometimes you just have to wait it out until you know for sure because God will be consistent and persistent. The devil is a liar. He will be back and forth. So when you know that it's God, come into agreement with it. God will have patience with you while you're searching that out. That's why it says seek God. Seek him. Seek him. He'll tell you. So wait it out until you know. But once you know, you've got to come into agreement with it. Ask God and he will show you a lot of times in the word. Now real fast, let me give you the, the, the closing, the rundown here. So Adam was given dominion over the earth, right, which is authority. He broke that covenant or contract by agreeing with the devil and dominion was, went to Satan. The agreement was that sin would bring death, right? In the beginning, God made these agreements. Sin will bring death, right? Then Jesus comes and he fulfills that law by dying. We sinned. He died. The contract, the agreement is fulfilled. Not destroyed, not done away with. It is fulfilled. Right? At the same time, Satan, in his wrath and anger, 
actually breaks the law or a contract or the agreement by killing a man without sin. Remember, sin brings death. Jesus had not sinned. The devil had no right to kill him. Therefore, he breaks contract and the power goes back to Jesus. Then Jesus makes a new contract or a new testament. It's a marriage contract, a covenant. And then he delegates the power that he's gotten back, back to us, his bride. We have a new agreement. But don't give that authority back to the devil by coming back into agreement with him. When the devil says something to you, just reply to him, I don't agree with you. It's like telling him, I'm not signing that. I'm not signing that. I'm not signing that. A few more points in our closing, I will tell you, be careful who you fellowship with. Because it's not just the, the voice in your ear coming straight from the spirit. It can be the voice in your ear coming through a person that has been listening to that other spirit. Be careful who you fellowship with because who you walk with, you are in agreement with the word said. Go to 2 John 1.10. This is why God is so adamant. Who you walk with, you fellowship with, you are in agreement with. Oh, yes, yeah, 2 John 1.10 says, If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, not what they think, not what they want to believe, not what they heard, this doctrine, what is in the Bible, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for he that bids him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. You come into agreement with him, therefore you are just as guilty. When my grandmother was murdered, there were two men there, only one did the deed, but the other was with him. He didn't do anything to prevent it. Therefore, they both served the same sentence because they are both equally guilty because they were in agreement. It's the same thing in God's eyes. You may not be saying those things. You may not be doing those things, but you are giving your stamp of approval by walking in agreement with it. What are you putting in your house in the movies? You're, you're coming into agreement with that. What are you playing in the music you're listening to? You're coming into agreement with that. What is in the video game that you're playing? You're allowing it in your house. You're giving agreement to that. And these things are access points that the devil will use to steal your authority, to take you down, to tear things up, to gain access, to pull you further and further and further away until you're so far off track you don't even know how to get back. You're spinning in circles. Where's the access point? It might be some stuff in your house you need to clean out. You know, I've said it before and I believe it. Kick the devil out of your life and out of your house, but kick his stuff out with it or he's coming back for his stuff. If you don't want him coming back, get the stuff out when you get him out. It's like a bad, you know, a bad relationship. Don't just kick the relationship out. Kick the stuff out too so they got no right to come back. All right, so 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, which is another form of Baal, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols. 
For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. These are conditions. Unless we do this, he will not receive us. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. This is not secondhand. This is God speaking himself. Now, we have to make a choice. Am I going to come into agreement with what God is saying here? Or am I going to listen to the devil who's screaming in my ear saying, no, no, there's another way. You don't have to listen to that. That's not true. You don't have to do that. Because if we do, we break covenant with God and make covenant with the enemy and we lose our authority and we wonder why we're so defeated and we wonder why there's no victory and we wonder why he keeps winning. We give him the victory. He can't take the victory. He's got to get you to agree to give it up. Don't let him. And I want you to think even through the scriptures about the promises of God. We love the promises of God. We quote the promises of God. They encourage us. But what is the promises of God other than an agreement? It's a contract. God is making an agreement with us. And if we will come into agreement with the terms of the contract, then we are guaranteed the promise, the reward of it. But if we do not, and so many people are like, why am I not getting the promises of God? Because you're not walking in agreement with it. You haven't met the conditions. You're walking actually contrary to it. We're not going to go through of them, but you can look at it as, you know, one of them is, is honor thy father and thy mother and things will be well with you and you will have a long life. Are you going to automatically get that reward? No, there's a condition. He's giving you an agreement. If you honor your father and mother, when they get old, don't forget about them in the nursing home. Go visit them, help them, take care of them, whatever the situation. Things will be well for you. If you do not, then you're agreeing with the devil and things will not be well for you. All right, there's a scripture that says those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. Is he going to renew everybody's strength? No, this is an agreement he's making. If you will put your hope and faith and trust in the Lord, then he will renew your strength. These promises are contracts. They are agreements. And you have to walk out that agreement. So as we close, we're going to have to break some agreements with the devil tonight. I'm going to read off a list of things that the Lord pointed out to me, and there might be some things in your own personal life that you might have to deal with too when you get home, but we need to break some agreements. Anything the devil says you need to break agreement with because there are things he's spoken into us and into our lives that we have agreed with him on that we need to come to terms to say, you know what, from right now I'm breaking this, I don't agree with you. That person that you don't like, you need to break that agreement with the devil, I, I don't agree with you. You need to speak to that mountain and cast it out. So we look at things like addiction. The devil will get in your ear and tell you that you have to have this, right? Miss Liz, you had smoked for like, what, 30 years? Poured more than that. And the devil was telling you, right, and the devil was telling you, you can't break this addiction. You have to have this. He was speaking those lies in your ear. And as long as you agreed with him, you had no authority. But when the day came that God said, look, you need to put it down. You had a choice to make. Am I going to agree with the lie that's telling me I have to have this? Or am I going to agree with the truth that says God is stronger than this? And when you chose to break agreement with the enemy and align with God and make agreement with God, right then the power of it was broken and the addiction had to go.
And that's that enemy speaking in your ear. He's telling you that, and you're just agreeing with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. I can say that too because I was there. I smoked, maybe not as long, but I still did it. And I mean, I would smoke like a train, and I would want to quit so bad, and I'd be like, ooh, but I can't. I'd be like, man, I can't do this. I just can't. And then finally the time came, and I mean, it, it was because my flesh was still wanting it. But you know what? I've been smoke free for over a year. Amen. So the devil is a liar. And we just have to stop agreeing with, agreeing with him because that's what's giving him power. So for anybody that has any addiction in your life, whether it's video games, whether it's drugs, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's drinking, whether it's, it's food, whatever the thing is. So we're going to say right now, when that spirit of addiction comes and says you have to have that or even some medications, we say right now, I don't agree with you. Speak to that thing and break that agreement. All right, when the devil comes and he says that God isn't strong enough in any circumstance of your life or with any situation, the devil starts to get in your ear and said God isn't strong enough. We break agreement with that tonight and we say, I don't agree with you. The devil will tell you that you have to prove yourself worthy to be accepted by God. Remember that Peter didn't have to, when Peter got on the water and he lost his faith and sunk, Jesus didn't say, okay, now earn your way up out of the water. No, it says he cried out and immediately God reached his hand and pulled him back on track. When you mess up, you don't have to earn your way back into position. You have to humble yourself and come into agreement with God and break the agreement with the enemy. Just cry out. It's something you do in the word, in the voice, in that spoken, in the prayer. It's not something you earn your way back up to physically. So the devil's going to tell you, no, no, stay in my camp until you earn your way back to God, which he knows you will never do. And so you never come out of that slum. So right now we break agreement with that lie that the devil says that you have to make prove yourself worthy to God before he will accept you. So to that we say, I don't agree with you. He will tell you that God doesn't want you. Well, we can combat that with scripture because Jesus died and suffered and went through a whole lot to get us. So that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. The devil might be trying to tell you, don't even try because God doesn't want you. But tonight we say, devil, I don't agree with you. That is not what the word of God says. The devil will tell you that God cannot use you. Let me tell you something. I believe that's why God used Paul to prove that to be a lie because nobody is worse than Paul. His job was to murder Christians. And God used him. He changed him. He transformed him and made him the greatest soul winner the world has ever known. So when the devil lies to you and tells you God cannot use you, we say to that, I don't agree with you. If there is any allegiance or ties to the occult in our life, and you might be surprised how much that is, because that can come by way of movies, video games, horoscopes. It doesn't have to be, you know, full on what we might consider, you know, witchcraft. There is a lot of witchcraft that is incorporated in everyday life. So this is a good thing to say. So we break agreement with the occult. So in the name of Jesus, devil, we don't agree with you in that. 
when the devil gets in your ear and tells you that you have the right plan, don't, don't seek the Lord, just do it this way, this makes sense. We need to break agreement with our plan so that we can walk out God's plan. So when the devil says to step out and to do it your own way and to make your own way, we need to stop and say, I don't agree with you. Let me tell you something. God hides you for a season for a reason. And God kind of showed me this. You know, I have tomato plants and we have tomato plants and the tomatoes, they stay green for a long time and you can't really see them through the foliage. And God's showing me there's a reason for that. Because as soon as that tomato gets ripe and turns red, it attracts every bug and bird and it gets attacked. So if it was red ahead of its time, it would be destroyed. So God is preparing you to bear fruit. But if you go and expose yourself ahead of time and say, here I am, use me, look at me, do this, you're going to attract an enemy that you're not ready to deal with. Let God mature you. Let him keep you hidden. Let him keep you green. Don't go and paint yourself red when it's not time yet. When the time comes, he will cause you to bloom. He will cause you to be ripe, and he will cause you to stand out his own way. The tomato turns red, it's standing out. And I'm telling you, when it turns red, you better get out there and pick it. That harvest comes quick. So the only way it can survive to ripeness where it can actually be useful for something is if it stays hidden for the season that it's growing. So let God keep you hidden, let him grow you, let him mature you, and then let him expose you when it's time for the harvest. It's coming, but wait for it. The devil's going to talk in your ear and try to get you to expose yourself ahead of time. All right, the devil will tell you that you need to be friends with the world and have allegiances with these ungodly movies, games, and music and all of these things that you have to have it so to that tonight we have to say devil i don't agree with you all right doctrines if there are any doctrines that we have listened to or come into alignment with that are not aligned with the word of god this is a big one because we've all heard things we have to say devil if it's not in the word of god i don't agree with you people people mostly in the area of unbelief because people will speak so much unbelief in your life that you have to take a, a stand to say, I don't agree with that. So right now, the things that people have spoken over you, lies, curses, unbelief, doubt, those things that change the atmosphere. We started off talking about the atmosphere. You don't have a, a, an atmosphere of victory in your life because you've heard so much negativity, so much doubt, so much hopelessness, so much it's not possible. It's not going to happen. It's like the Israelites in the wilderness. They're standing on the brink of promise. All they have to do is walk over the river and take the land. God's given it to them, and the people are still in their victim mentality that says we can't do it. And so they lose their promise and they stay, they settle, they settle. No, we're not going to agree with that bad report. So tonight we say, devil, I don't agree with you. And now we're going to cover some points of agreement. There are things that we need to come into agreement with that we have not maybe. So the first thing we have to agree with is that Jesus is the son of God. So to these things, we're going to say, I agree. So Jesus is the son of God. I agree with that. All right. He paid for our freedom with his blood. I agree with that. God raised him from the dead. I agree with that. God gave him all authority and dominion and put the devil under his feet. I agree with that. 
Christ gives that authority to those who choose to turn away from the devil and be washed in the blood of Jesus, ask for forgiveness of sins, and make Jesus their new king. I agree with that. We are then adopted into God's family as joint heirs with Christ, carrying his authority. I agree with that. The devil is powerless against us. I agree with that. That's something we really need to do because that's a lie of the devil. In fact, we're going to say it again. So this is important. We have to agree. The devil is powerless against us. I agree with that. The devil is a liar. I agree with that. The devil is already defeated. I agree with that. God is holy. I agree with that. God wants me to be holy. I agree with that. God has a destiny for my life that is better than what I could ever achieve on my own. I agree with that. There is overcoming, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. I agree with that. We want God to rule us. I agree with that. We want to see the lost saved, the sick healed, and the oppressed delivered. I agree with that. We want God's kingdom to come and his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I agree with that. And then I will say one specific, not in scripture, but this is a word and a promise that has been spoken by God prophetically, and I'm delivering it to y'all, and I need y'all to come into agreement with God and with me for it. God has mandated in this year increase, revival, and expansion. I agree with that. All right, go to Matthew 18, 19, and this will be our closing passage. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. There is power in agreement. In closing, we want to remind you this. The Hebrew word for sin, when we see the word sin in the Bible, the original Hebrew word literally translates to failure. It is literally and simply a failure to agree with the voice of God. That's what sin is. So stop agreeing with the devil and stop falling into sin. Faith comes by hearing, the Bible says, and hearing by the word of God. If God says it, we choose to humble ourselves and agree with him and stand in faith on it and what he says, and this and this alone will please God. And that's the gospel truth. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.